I will win her, the her being my people, back once again. I will lead her into the desert and speak tenderly to her there. I will return her vineyards to her and transform the valley of trouble into a gateway of hope. You may be in a valley of trouble today, but let me tell you something. God's got his hand on your trouble, and he's going to transform it. Father, thank you for your word today, and we pray that you will bless our hearts. And Lord, help us to get an understanding, a grasp of your radical love. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, look at your neighbor and say to them a great big radical. I hope all of you in here today are radical about something, and I hope it's radical about God. I'll tell you, we need some radical Christians in America right now. Amen? Now, you say, well, Pastor, what do you mean by radical? Well, the, the uh, dictionary definition of radical is pervasive, far-reaching, searching, thorough, sweeping, profound, drastic, major. <clears throat> so when I talk about God's radical love, God's love is pervasive, it's far-reaching, it's searching, it's thorough, it's sweeping, it's profound, it is drastic, and we're about to see that in the book of Hosea, it's drastic and it's major. God's love is drastic love, God's love is radical love. In the book of Hosea, what we're going to see is the radical love of God at work in His wayward, backsliding people. Now, Hosea prophesied during a time of great prosperity for both Israel and Judah. I mean, Israel and Judah materially were being blessed when Hosea was raised up to prophesy. So much money was coming into Israel through trade that God's people were living in pure luxury and pleasure. Materially, in Hosea's day, materially for Israel and Judah, it was the best of times. The prophet Amos described their luxury this way. He said, you lie on beds inlaid with ivory and lounge on your couches. You dine on choice lambs and fattened calves. You strum away on your harps like David and improvise on musical instruments. You drink wine by the bowlful and you use the finest aloe vera lotions. They were blessed. Materialism was reigning in Hosea's day. It was the best of times, materially, but it was the worst of times for Israel and Judah, spiritually. What we're about to see is just because you've got stuff doesn't mean you're right with God. Because it was the worst of times, spiritually. Israel's walk with God was hollow, it was phony. And it was lifeless. Isaiah said, These people say they are mine. They honor me with their lips. But I know that their hearts are far from me. They got a good talk. They don't have a good walk. It's hollow. It's lifeless. It's fake. It's phony. And we read about God's disgust with them in Amos chapter 5, where he says these words, quote, I hate, I despise your religious gatherings and feasts. I cannot stand your assemblies. Away with the noise of your songs. For I know, I know your manifold transgressions and your mighty sins. 
You got a good talk. You, you, you're blessed materially, but I know what's going on in the inside of you. I know what's going on in your heart. I know where your walk really is and where it really isn't. And so it was the best of times materially, but it was the worst of times spiritually because God was frowning on them. And you never want God's frown. You always want God's smile. You don't want God's frown. As one preacher said, never make God mad at you. It was the best of times, the worst of times. It was a period when these people lived a good life materially, but the Bible says this about them. They had forgotten about God. In the midst of all this, and because of this, God raised up the prophet Hosea to denounce their empty religion. And yet in the middle of all of his denunciations, you ought to read the book of Hosea, full of denunciations from God. In the middle of all these denunciations, Hosea's book has a silver vein of hope running through it that God has not cast them off forever. Although man is unfaithful in his covenant with God, God is never unfaithful in his covenant with you and me. Not ever. He'll stay with you. As a matter of fact, His love is so radical that even if you walk away, He's coming to find you. His love is so radical. His love is so radical that if you think you can escape from God, I'll tell you, He's going to search you out. He's going to find you. He's going to nail you. He's going to corner you. And He's going to bring you home. And that's what Hosea is all about. The message of the book of Hosea is the message of radical love as God deals with these backslidden and defeated people who had so much stuff but so little on the inside. I'll tell you, give me spiritual riches and take my stuff. I'd rather have peace with God and be rich in God than have a bunch of stuff. See, you can have a great big house and not enjoy it. You can have satin sheets and not be able to sleep in them at night. You can have stuff and have no peace. Israel had in essence said to God, we don't need you, we've got all we want, we're married to our idols, see you later. Is that what you're saying to God today? Well, God, I'm just too busy. Lord, I'm just, uh, there, there's too many things to do, sights to see, places to go. Check you later, God. I'll check in when I'm older. I'll come on back when I'm on in years and I've sowed my wild oats and I've done what I really want to do. Is that your attitude towards God? Because, see, you can be just like them. You can be sitting in church and be lost. You can be sitting in a house of God, but not have the God of the house inside of you. And I believe God's going to deal with his church and shake it and rattle it and roll it and speak to it and get the real church standing up, speaking up, sharing their faith, Walking in the light and walking in the anointing of God. No more playing church. That's over with. God's looking for the real thing. And I'm looking for the real thing. I want the reign of the Holy Spirit. Now, if this is what you're saying to God, well, check you later. Thank you, God. It's been real, you know, but I'm going to go do my own thing. Then the message of Hosea is for you. And here's what the message of Hosea is. God is going to deal with you. If you're playing church, God's going to deal with you. If it's all a game and you're out good on the outside but not good on the inside, God's going to deal with you. And Hosea describes just how 
God's radical love is going to do it. So I'm going to share with you what God did with them and what God does with people who have a good show, but there's not a real walk within. God's first tactic is, if you stray, if you walk away, if you drift from God, His first tactic is to block your path. Listen to Hosea chapter 2, verse 6. God says to the people of God who are drifting away from Him, He says, therefore, I will block her path with thorn bushes. I will wall her in so that she cannot find her way. Oh, this is so real. I'm here to tell you today, this is so real. Like Balaam's donkey stood in the path of Balaam and wouldn't let him go any further, God will stand in your path and block your path to save you from destroying yourself. God is the divine blocker. Now, he's not just the great door opener, but I tell you that God is the great door closer. God can block your path and His radical love. Here's what He will do. When you drift, when you stray, and much of the church today is drifting terribly, straying terribly, playing church, but there's nothing real on the inside, I'm telling you, God will stand in your path and block you. His radical love will step into your space and save you by stopping you in your sin, stopping you in your stubbornness, your wandering, and your backsliding. God will say, that's as far as you're going. You're not going any further. I'm here to block your path. How's He do it? His radical love will build a hedge of thorns around us that will literally bring pain. Now, I'm here to tell you today, I know God wants to bless you, but I've been reading the Bible a lot church and I'm gonna tell you something about God he will bless you if you're walking in obedience but if you're not God will hurt you I said God will hurt you well how's he gonna hurt me he'll chasing you sore he's got a woodshed out back and he'll get you out there whether you want to go or not he'll whip your spiritual honey Oh, not my God. He loves me. Yes, He loves you enough to put a hedge of thorns around you and block your path when you're drifting from Him because His love is radical. Radical enough to send His only begotten Son to die on the cross for you. Radical enough to raise Him from the dead so that you don't have to die. His love is radical enough to come back again and take you off this planet before His judgment falls. His love is radical. And he'll build a hedge of thorns around you. And when he's seeking to turn you around, you cannot escape. Just ask Jonah. If you run north, you're going to bump into a hedge of thorns. If you run south, you're going to encounter it again. If you turn east, behold, the same hedge. If you run west, you're going to encounter that hedge of thorns yet again. Thorns don't feel good. They stick you. They hurt. They make you fully aware that something is not right. God will build a hedge of thorns around you. And everywhere you turn, ah, oh, ah. Radical love will hedge you in to stop you from destroying yourself. I'm going to say it again. Radical love will hedge you in to stop you from destroying your fool self. And we've all been fools. 
Can I tell you the truth today? You'll likely become bruised and experience spiritual, physical, psychological, social, or economic pain. God loves you that much. Like the Jewish guy on the top of the house in, I forget the name of the movie, Fiddler on the Roof. He looks up and he says, God, can't you love someone else? Did you ever feel that way? God, can't you love someone else? But see, God will bring pain. He'll build a hedge of thorns around you, according to the Bible. But that pain will be nothing like the pain you would know if God's radical love did not hedge you in and stop you. So he will hedge you in and stop you. God's radical love will even go a step further. He will take away what you are drawing your comfort from instead of him. He'll take it away. Hosea said, she, Israel, will chase after her lovers but not catch them. She will look for them but not find them. See, you're going to find if you drift from God, if you wander from God, if you're lukewarm, if you're playing church, you're going to find that the idols you've turned to, the lovers you're clinging to, were there for the party, but they disappear when the bills come due. Just ask the prodigal son. Everybody he surrounded himself with were takers, users, and losers. And as soon as he had nothing else to give them, they were gone. God's love is radical. He will step into your life and remove from you what you're clinging to instead of him. He'll take it right away. He'll pull it right out from under your feet. And you will cry some and you will hurt some, but you will land in the hollow of his hand and you will thank God that he did it. Come on, everybody. I'm telling you the truth today about God. I'm telling you the truth about God. And there's another thing that God's radical love will do. He will not only put a hedge of thorns around you, but if you continue walking away from him, playing church, if you continue, he'll remove his hedge of protection from you. See, you've got a choice. You can have a hedge of thorns or a hedge of protection. If we continue in rebellion, his radical love removes his wall of protection. Isaiah 5 describes it like this. God says, Now I tell you what I'm going to do to my vineyard. I will take away its hedge, and it will be destroyed. I will break down its wall, and it will be trampled. What does this mean? It means when the walls are broken down, the divine protection is gone. And, you know, God's people normally have a divine wall around them, and they enjoy the protection of God. See, if you're walking with God today, there is a wall around you. There is a divine hedge of protection around you. It's not a hedge of thorns. It's a hedge of protection. And I believe this is true of people, of individuals, and I believe it's true of cities, and I believe it's true of nations. And can I tell you today, the hedge of God's protection over America is gone. We need to pray America back into God because we're in danger. The hedge of protection is gone. But let's just talk about you and me individually now. He says, if you continue drifting from me, I'm going to lift my hedge of protection, and you're going to get loud and clear signals that you have strayed. And this is what Job tells us. The devil even knows there's a hedge of protection around us. He says to God about Job, have you not put a hedge around him and his household and everything he has? You have blessed the work of his hand so that his flocks and herds are spread throughout the land. It's because of your hedge of protection, God, that Job has been able to prosper and be so blessed. Hedge of protection. 
And when we love and obey God and come to Him when He calls us, church, hear me, He places a wall of protection around you. And though the devil wants to, he can't. He's a dog on a leash. He's chained. He's fenced in. He can't get at you. And when you're walking in obedience to God, there is a wall of protection around you and everything that touches your life has got to pass through the filter of God. But if we stray from Him and we shut Him out and we walk away and we're playing church and we're not really walking with Him, He will take that wall out and put in its place the hedge of thorns and, and until one day you're blessed and walk along, everything you're touching is turned to gold and all of a sudden, oh, ah, ah, everywhere you turn, the hedge of protection has become a hedge of thorns. This is what happened to God's people. I'm reading all of this to you out of the Bible. Now, His third tactic is where we really care what what really matters to us is he withholds his provision in Hosea 2 8 we read these words he's talking about the people of Israel and God says of them she has not acknowledged that I was the one who gave her the grain the new wine and the oil who lavished on her the silver and the gold Israel was not giving God the glory for what they had newsflash today Everything you've got, God gave to you. Everything you've got, He's allowed you to have. He has blessed you. If you're walking with Him, He is your Jehovah Jireh. He is your provider. He is your your keeper. He is your healer. He is your protector. He is your light. He's your salvation. He is the guide of your path. He is the one who shines in front of you the way you are to walk and says, this is the way, walk ye in it. When you're walking with Him, there is a blessing. But when you walk away, if you walk away too long, if you walk away long enough where God knows, all right, it's time for radical love to kick in, He'll remove the wall of protection. And so you find that you've got a choice, a, a hedge of thorns or a hedge of protection. I don't know about you, but I'm done with thorns. I want the protection, and I want the blessing. And He'll withhold His provision. If you don't give God the glory for what He has given to you, and you walk away from him, he just dries up the provision. Therefore, God says, I'll take away my grain when it ripens and my new wine when it is ready. I will take back my wool and my linen intended to cover her nakedness. Hear those two phrases, take away and take back. I will take away and I will take back what I gave to you. Radical love. That gets your attention. You're used to that nice fat check. You're used to the income. You're used to the nice cars and house. God says, my radical love gave it to you, and my radical love can take it back. Come on, everybody. His third tactic of radical love is to take away the provisions. He says, the reason I'll take it back is you're squandering my provision on idols instead of me. When God's people forget him, his love springs into action, and it's radical. Now, his fourth tactic is to strip away distractions. When you're drifting, I can't tell you how many people say to me, well, pastor, you know, I'll be in church. I'm just so busy. I'm just so busy. I got kids to raise and things to do and bills to pay and jobs to work and I've got this and I've got that. Listen, if you're too busy for God, you're too busy. In America, we've made an idol out of busyness. 
We've made an idol. We worship at the altar of busyness. But there comes a time when God says, your busyness has made you drift. You've drifted. So what I'm going to do for you in my radical love is I'm going to strip away the distractions. Hosea 2.14 says, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to lead her, my people, into the wilderness and speak tenderly to her there. In the desert, let me tell you something about the wilderness, there are no distractions. There's not any. In the wilderness, there's no TV. There's no radio. There's no People magazine. There's no Cosmo. In the wilderness, you're alone. You're solitary. Suddenly, the thrill is gone. Suddenly, the lights and the glitter and the glamour and the laughing are gone. You look around and say, how did I end up here? When did this happen? The God of radical love has lured you and allured you and drawn you into a wilderness. It's as real as the chair you're sitting in. God will bring you into a wilderness. There's no busyness there. There's no protection there. There's no nothing there. Guess, guess what's there? You and God. And what happens? Suddenly, God begins to speak tenderly to you there. Say, man, I was busy doing this and that and going here and there, paying this and that, making this and that. I was focused on everything and God was just a tiny slice of my pie. But now I'm in this wilderness. It's gone. The party friends are gone. The, the, the money might be gone. The, the thrills and spills are gone. And now I'm in this wilderness place. I'm alone and, and, and I'm hurting. And, and oh God. God says, hi. There you are. Do you remember me? You remember what we used to have? Do you remember how we used to walk? You remember how you used to tell people about me? Remember how you used to couldn't wait to get up and read my word and pray to me and seek my face and worship me when nobody else was looking and you, and you couldn't wait to get to church every time the doors were open because you wanted to worship God? Here you are, my love. It took a hedge of thorns. It took me blocking your path. It took me luring you into this wilderness place where all the glitter and glamour were gone to get your attention. Yeah, Pastor, this is deep for a Sunday morning. Oh, this is just normal Christianity. See, some of you are in a wilderness and you're just now realizing what it's all about. You say, how long am I going to have to be here? Until you plug back into your maker and your husband and the lover of your soul and the Messiah who saved you. Until you get plugged back in. I will lead her into the wilderness. I will speak tenderly to her there. He begins to speak tenderly to you, to reestablish his relationship with you, reestablish. Uh, all of a sudden, the word comes alive to you. You read verses you haven't read in a long time, and you say, my Lord, how did I get so far from the word of God? Before, you were too busy to pray. 
There were so many distractions. You thought you didn't have time to seek God. But all of a sudden in the wilderness, there you are. And you know what? Some of you know people that this CD is for. You need to take it to them and let them understand why they are where they are. What does God do? His radical love will strip you of all your distractions and lead you into a desert. And I know this about people and I know it about me. Pain is what changes me. Pain is what drives me to God. David said, before I was afflicted, I went astray. But now that I've been afflicted, I am seeking you in the Word of God. Pain will get your attention. The hedge of thorns makes you wake up. The wilderness rattles your cage. You know what happens in the wilderness? Suddenly you pray. You are forced to look up to God. Help me! You begin to seek the Lord and you begin to hear His voice. That old, familiar, still, small voice. Hi, my love. Hello, my child. Let's get to know one another all over again. If God left you to yourself, you would wander out of His purposes and miss Him for your life. But He's not going to let you do that. You're His child. Radical love. Everybody say with me, radical love. Now, what is God's end game? What is God's end game with all these things? Here's what God's end game is. That your backsliding and your drifting and your lukewarmness will be cured. Just like the backsliding of the prodigal son was cured. Sitting in the pigsty, eating pig's food. All the party friends are gone. All the money is wasted away. And Jesus said, he came to his senses and said, I'm going back home. I'm going back to daddy. Oh, there's so much of the church sitting in a wilderness place right now, hurting from the hedge of thorns, lonely in a solitary wilderness place, wondering what in the world is going on. And God's word to them is, you are there because radical love loved you enough to hedge you in and get your attention. Turn back to Him. Give Him every bit of your life. Let Him have the steering wheel once again. And God will lead you out and bless you. I'm about to show you that. Our God is a God who comes to us when we don't come to Him. He seeks us out when we don't seek Him. He loves us even when we're rebels, and His radical love works on us until we are cured of our backsliding and our drifting and our lukewarmness. Now, another result of our restoration in the wilderness is this. We erupt with praise songs in the desert. Do you know what? Some of you are about to have praise songs in your wilderness. You're about to have a brand new song. David said, I waited patiently for the Lord and he inclined unto me and heard my cry. He brought me up also out of a horrible pit and out of the miry clay. And he has set my feet upon a rock and he has put a new song in my mouth. Even praise unto our God. Many will see it and fear and shall trust in the Lord. These people that were in the wilderness, they erupted with praise songs in the desert. Brand new spiritual songs of worship. When Israel was released from captivity, it records in the Bible, when the Lord brought back the captives of Zion, our mouths were filled with laughter and our tongues with songs of joy. This is radical love. The love that will not let 
go of you. Another result of God's radical love is the vineyards of spiritual fruitfulness return. The fruit that had dried up. The vines that looked barren. In Hosea 2.15 it says, There in the valley of trouble I will give her back her vineyards. Your trouble is going to turn into a fruitful place. Your valley of trouble is about to bring forth fruit. As soon as you turn back to Him, He's given you your vineyards back. What God took away to get our attention will be returned again once He's gotten our attention. Folks, this is good news. God's not against you. He's for you. And if God is for you, who or what can be against you? He's for you. And now we come to the close today. Miracle of miracles. The valley of trouble becomes a doorway of hope and expectation, and anticipation of good. And I will make the valley of trouble, God says, the valley of Achor, the valley of trouble, the valley of Achor where Achan hid the accursed thing, and all of Israel lost the battle and was cursed by God for what he stole. That valley of trouble, that valley of defeat, I'm going to make that valley of Achor a doorway of hope. Your valley of rejection, your valley of betrayal, your valley of loss, your valley of heartbreak, your valley of pain, your valley of tears is going to become a door of hope opening to a brand new day. What the devil meant for evil, God is going to turn it for good. I want you to see something. There you are in your valley of trouble. Someone's walked away, you've had great loss, whatever the valley of trouble is, your faith has been shaken and rattled and you feel alone and you feel like nobody understands and you don't know what to do and you've made mistakes and there you sit and you wonder what is going on. I want you to picture all around you in that valley, fruitful vines springing up. I mean, water of life flowing through that place, a new song coming out of your mouth and you're not going to pitch tent there. You're not going to build your house there. It's a temporary hotel. You are not staying. You've just checked in for a season. God is taking you out. And after all the testing and all the moaning, you get a testimony. And you're going to say to other people, it's all right. You're in a valley. God's going to take you through. Let me ask you today, are you in a valley of trouble? Are you hedged in? with a hedge of thorns, everywhere you turn, you're being stuck, hurt, pain. You surrounded by painful circumstances of your comforters and your party friends, if they all walked out, they always will. Are you alone? Good. Good. I'm telling you, go into the closet, shut the door. Take the phone off the hook. Turn the idiot box off. Tell anybody there to leave you alone. You get in there and you cry out to your God. And you get back in touch with Him and you wait for the comfortable speaking from the throne room of God. And you do it over and over and over again. 
until he brings you back into touch and contact with him and you're going to see change come once you've changed and sought him again. Can we stand together? You know, you know that most of you know that Kathy and I went through a terrible time about seven years ago. Terrible. It, would, it could easily have been the end of everything. But I had a core in me. I had a core faith. And I had a core relationship. And I knew that if there was any answer at all, there was only one, and it was him. And I started going out every morning at the break of day with my Bible and my commentary. And I just every day dug deep. And I found that that valley of trouble became a doorway of hope. When you're in the valley, there's only one direction to go, and that's forward. I'm going to pray with you. And you say, Pastor, I'm in a valley of trouble. This was for me today. Would you lift your hands up? Let me see you. Bless you. How many of you can say, I, I know that even though I know him and have walked with him, there's been some drifting. I, I've, I've neglected my, my, my private time with him. I, I've I'm not where I used to be, and I know it, and I want to be red hot for him again. Can I see your hand? Yes, Lord, many of you. Well, we're going to pray together right now. And I want you to say this with me, Lord Jesus. I don't want the hedge of thorns. I want that hedge of protection. But I get the message of the thorns and the valley of trouble. I seek you, Lord. I turn to you with all my heart. And I ask you, Lord, to forgive me for any drifting. And I ask you to restore what I had with you. Restore it fully and completely. Restore my fire. Restore my zeal. Restore my thirst and my hunger for spiritual things. Restore me, Lord. If you believe you heard that, lift your hands to him and say, Lord, I believe it and I receive it today. This is for me and I receive this on my life today. This is for me and I receive it today. I say thank you for your radical love. In Jesus' name.